What's up, guys? Welcome to the 25th episode of the Sports Show with Ben and Dylan. We are here today on a Wednesday to give you guys a recap of this week's NFL games, um, as well as discuss um, the NBA series currently going on, as well as a quick MLB uh, playoffs update, where every team stands, or not every team, but where every contending uh, for a postseason spot team stands, uh, what they need to have to get in, and who is already in. So we will get to all of that and more today, but first, as always, a word from our sponsor. Garden Greens is the best lawn care service around. Garden Greens has been the presenting sponsor of this podcast for quite some time now. Uh, Garden Greens, helping your garden stay, stay clean. clean. Uh, even though I could chime in, that it's so repetitive. I even remember it at this point. Not really, but um, anyway, so we can start it off. We are going to start it off with the NBA. Uh, we don't have much to talk about. This will be quick. Uh, so I just want to talk about both of the series going on right now. Uh, there's really not much to talk about. Heat Celtics, only one game has happened since we last talked about it. That was the Celtics getting a very, very important win last Saturday. Uh I don't I don't have much to say. It's 1-1, or it's 2-1. I still think the Heat will win the series. I think the Celtics will make it closer than you probably think when they were down 2-0. Uh, anything to say about this series? Yeah, um, it should be interesting, crucial uh, crucial game tonight um, between these two teams. Um, I don't say this is a long-standing rivalry between... The Celtics uh, and the Heat uh, should be interesting to see what happens tonight in a pivotal uh, game four matchup. Uh, yeah, so we can move on to the next series I think is more interesting at the current moment. Uh, Lakers Nuggets. So game one had happened when we last talked about this. Wait, actually game one was on Friday night, so no it had not. Well, yeah, for half of the episode it was. Okay, anyway, uh, we didn't really talk about it because it hadn't happened yet. Uh, uh, Lakers-Nuggets, game one, Lakers basically dominated the whole time. Uh, s- game two, tight, Nuggets were in control eventually. Well, no, the Lakers were beating them by a significant amount, if I'm not mistaken. Then the Nuggets um, came back and were up. They were up 1-1 one, one with, um, with like five seconds left. Anthony Davis pulls up. Shoots a three, swishes it. Ah, uh, it, was, it was nice. It was it was nice. It was it'll go up there as one of the biggest shots in Lakers history, at least at the current moment. Some some Kobe moments, some Robert Horry moments. Uh yeah, that that's basically it for this. Um, I I just want to give a, a prediction. We still have Heat and Lakers winning their respective series. Or, yeah. I mean, I know you had Celtics at first, but I think you transitioned towards the Heat. Yeah. Yeah, I think at this point, unless the unless the Celtics show me something special tonight where they blow out the Heat, um, I think that the Heat will win that series, and then I still think that the Lakers will win um, their series against the Nuggets. I, I saw this thing on Twitter. Uh, it was like... Uh, should the La- are the Lakers better off sacrificing a loss 
uh, tomorrow. So they're down. They're it's two two rather than being up three one on the Nuggets. Uh, obviously, you wouldn't rather do that, but I thought that was funny considering uh, they've came back from being down three one two series in a row. Uh, now we can move on to the MLB standing slash playoff scenarios update. I don't really know what you'd call it. Uh, so. What we're going to talk about here is the teams that have already clinched playoff spots. Now, uh, you will see an episode coming sometime, most likely Wednesday next week. Uh, we're going to be giving our, our full-on MLB playoff predictions like we do, or like we've done with the NBA and the NFL and um, other things in the past. So, uh, before we do that, which is next week, uh, we can just start off by, by talking about some playoff scenarios at the current moment. So we can start in the AL. Uh, the one seed isn't locked up. I guess the division isn't. Uh, I don't think the division's been clinched. But I'm no, sure. so the Rays um, have an opportunity tonight. Their magic okay, number is one. Uh, if they beat the Mets tonight, they clinch uh, so. the AL East. If they Or if they lose and the Yankees also lose, they clinch it as well so the Rays are currently in that one seed spot um they have obviously like I just said not yet clinched the AL East um but have an opportunity to do so tonight um as for just moving down the division now uh the Yankees um have clinched a postseason berth um they basically can't beat or clinch the uh they can't win the division at this point more or less um but they have clinched a postseason spot, so uh, the Yankees uh, will be in. Um, they currently stand as the five seed as of uh, today. Unless they make some crazy run um, and, and end up with the division title, they are basically not locked in, but but more or less locked into the five seed. No, they're not locked in whatsoever. But unless there's like movement in the other divisions. Uh, Mostly, I guess the NL or the AL Central, uh, they could potentially move down, but they're basically locked into the five seed. Uh, as of right now, uh, we can move on to the AL Central where well, there's there's one more team. The Blue Jays also um, are currently in a playoff spot. They are currently sitting at uh, the eight seed as the second wild card. Your magic um, number is one, right? Or is it two? Their magic number is two for a postseason right. berth. Um, so yeah, now we can move on to the American League Central, where uh, the the uh, White Sox um, have a big game tonight against um, the Indians. Um, uh, we will get to the Indians in a second. They are also currently sitting in a playoff spot, but the White Sox are currently sitting at the two seed. Um, they've clinched a postseason berth, and they have a magic number of five to win or to clinch the AL Central. Um, so the White Sox have clinched a playoff spot, have not clinched the division yet. They are currently sitting at the two seed in the AL overall. As for the Twins, they are currently sitting in the four seed um, as second place in the American League Central. Uh, they have clinched a postseason berth as well. And then finally, to round out the uh, AL Central, uh, the Indians um, have also clinched a postseason berth as the first wild card. Yeah, the Indians uh, clinched the playoffs last night with a walk-off three-run homer, I'm pretty sure, from Jose Ramirez. Interesting, I guess. Uh, I think 
when you look at the two teams, basically the two teams, I would say, uh, uh, I guess, vying for this division, uh, the White Sox, who have a two games uh, against the Indians and then three against the Cubs to close out the season, and the Twins, um, who have a game against the Tigers and three against the Reds. Obviously, it looks more realistic for the Twins to end up winning this division, considering they're only a half game back and they have a significantly easier last few games. So uh, I would not be surprised, uh, nor would probably anyone else be, if the Twins end up overtaking them and winning this division. And and maybe if they if they went out, but it still looks unlikely, maybe even grabbing uh, the one seed in the process. But you never know. Uh, now we can move on to the the NL or the AL West sorry there is a, a few teams i guess technically vying for a spot but but only two that will probably make it in the long run yeah so um the A's have clinched the AL West and are a half a game behind the White Sox for the second seed in the AL um and two games behind Tampa for the top AL seed um so, the Athletics uh, have clinched the division. As for the Astros, um, they are currently sitting um, as the sixth seed, as the uh, second team in the West uh, division to get in. Um, they have a magic number of two for a postseason berth. And then, uh, technically, two more teams that have not been ruled out yet. Uh, the Angels and the Mariners are three and a half and four games back of a wild card spot, respectively. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting, I guess, how the Angels went from at the, near, near the bottom of the conference, too. Or maybe even at the bottom of the conference at some points, too. Uh, technically... Uh, having a shot at making the play or having a shot at making the playoffs it it looks extremely unlo- extremely unlikely uh considering their last four games are against the Padres and then three games against the Dodgers two of the best teams or or no probably the two best teams in the National League uh it, it's at least it's close uh that wraps up our AL I guess recap whatever you really want to call it uh we can move on to the NL we'll start in the NL East uh in first place and locked up first place is the Atlanta Braves. Uh, it, it got sort of close, I think, for a second. Not not that close, but sort of close between the Braves and uh, and the Phillies and the Marlins. But the Braves have really, really pulled away as of lately, winning uh, seven out of their last ten. I, I, just looking at like the last ten uh, score. Uh, anyway... Uh, teams also who have a shot at making the playoffs. The Marlins are looking pretty solid right now. They are currently in second in the division and sixth in the whole league. Um, I think the Marlins have been the surprise team in baseball. Marlins or or at least surprised to make the playoffs. If we're talking about like a great like contender ish team, then I guess you could go to the Padres or the White Sox. But but I'd say when you really base it off of um like. Look to be awful. Like I yeah. think people thought the Padres and the White Sox had chances at contending for the playoffs. I don't. I don't think many people thought the Marlins did. Uh, I, I would figure most predictors uh, would have had it, had uh, the Marlins at the bottom of the division, and then the top, the other four teams, I guess, scrambled up. But I mean, we can move or not move on, but just for the next team, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, the Phillies just have sort of been choking as of late. Not choking, but losing as of lately. They they were looking good. They were 
even looking at potentially, like I said, stealing the division from the Braves, but at least finishing in second. Uh, and, and now they are in the outside looking in of the playoffs. They are at the uh, the 10 seed right now. Uh, the 10 seed right now. Um, they are looking... Eh. But I, I think they have a good chance of making the playoffs still as... Uh, they have one more date with the Nationals, and although the Nationals have beat them the last two games, they still have a chance, and then they have three games against the Rays. Uh, we can move on to the NL Central. Yeah, so also just to backtrack for a second, um, the Marlins are one and a half games ahead of the Phillies for the division's second spot. They need three wins uh, to clinch a postseason berth. The Phillies are one and a half games back of the Marlins for the second uh, guaranteed playoff spot in the division and um, only a singular game behind the Brewers for the eight seed in the NL. Um, I forgot to say, but the Mets could still make the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I was going They're to get to as well. Uh, the Mets are two and a half games back of the Brewers for the eighth and final playoff spot in the NL. Uh, the Mets have a game tonight against Tampa Bay, as we mentioned earlier. Tampa Bay has a cl- chance to clinch the AL East um, and then they have four against Washington to round out their schedule. Now we can move on here to the National League Central, where the Cubs have clinched a postseason berth and lead the NL Central by three and a half games over the Cardinals. They hold the NL's number three seed and one game back of the Braves for the number two seed. Uh, their magic number is four games uh, for the NL Central Division title, but they have already clinched a postseason berth. As for the Cardinals, the Cardinals, um, as I just mentioned, trail uh, the Cubs by three and a half games in the NL Central. Uh, they are a game ahead of both the Reds and the Brewers for the division's second guaranteed playoff spot. Uh, one thing to keep in mind for this, uh, because of the extensive postponements the Cardinals had uh, back in August due to COVID-19, they are currently scheduled uh, for 58 games. Uh, if either... Of those two additional postponed games, both against Detroit, end up needing to be make up, made up to settle uh, home field advantage or who is in or out. They would be played on uh, as a doubleheader on Monday, September 29th. So just an update there for you on the Cardinals. Um, their magic number is five for a postseason berth. Um, and then for the Reds and the Brewers, uh, the Reds are um, only one game behind the Cardinals for the NL second. Uh, the NL Central's second guaranteed playoff spot, uh, and they currently um, are in the seventh uh, playoff spot, um, or the seventh seed right now. And then the Brewers are um, at the the Brewers are um, at the eighth seed right now. Um, now we can move on to the National League West, where the Dodgers have clinched both the NL West title and. The NL is number one overall seed. Uh, yeah, just to backtrack once again a little, uh, the NL Central has been pretty interesting. So now preseason, you had the Brewers winning the division. Uh, I the Reds, they looked sort of out of it. Not like out of the race, but but out of contending or, or whatever, especially with the Cubs really being successful early in the season. But they've really worked their way back and, and have a chance at finishing second in this division. Uh I th- I'm not sure about the tiebreakers, but I-, I guess the Reds might have a chance at winning the division. I'm not really sure on that one, but, uh, er, yeah, I think they could. Um, 
I'm not sure what the tiebreaker is, though, or who has the head-to-head record, which is the tiebreaker, the number one tiebreaker, rather than doing a game 163 like they've done in past years. Uh, so we can uh, move on now to the NOS. Now, you were talking about the Dodgers. Uh, they they clinched a playoff spot. They, um, yeah, they, they clinched the division, clinched the playoff spot. They clinched the one seed. Uh, the Dodgers are, are by far the best team in baseball, and uh, I, I think they will continue to, not maybe not, I don't know, they choke a lot in the postseason, but, but maybe they will continue to show that in the postseason. Uh, next, the, uh, I, I wouldn't call them the NLs, uh, biggest overachievers, as I've called the Marlins that, but the biggest overachiever is that's also a contender, I guess. Uh, in the playoffs, the Padres uh, are, are looking good. They have M- NL MVP candidate uh, Fernando Tatis. They also have another NL MVP candidate in Manny Machado, who's who's really sort of tightened up the race, I guess, in um in the past week or two. Um, that that's I mean the Padres are not secure. Mm. Yeah, I guess they are secure in the four seed, uh, cause they they haven't locked up, or the 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 division is locked up. Uh, so yeah, they'll stick at the four seed. Uh, once come playoff time, and then finally, uh, in the playoff spot, I guess there's two teams, but really only one that it's really in the race. The Giants currently uh tied for the eighth spot. This would put them at the ninth. Um, currently. I think the Giants are an interesting team. They really, <laughs> another team that has overachieved a ton. It, it thought it was thought of them that they were just kind of going to start rebuilding, but they've uh, been basically the best they've been since, um, I guess, like 2016. Um, so good season for the Giants. It's still going to be tough for them. Or not tough, but uh, it's still going to be hard for them to get into the playoffs like it is for the rest of these teams. And then finally, uh, like the Mets, not really um, in contention, but mathematically they technically are. Um, the Rockies, they started off hot. Uh, they've cooled down a ton since then. Um, yeah, that, that basically wraps up this MLB. Any any final touches? Yeah, just uh, one quick thing on the Giants. They are tied with the Brewers at both 27 apiece. Uh, Milwaukee... Uh, holds uh, the obviously eighth and final postseason spot right now. Um, that is because of a better intra division record. Um, because these two teams have not played one another this season, um, so they won't. There will not be any head to head tiebreakers. There will be intra division tiebreakers. Um, so yeah, that wraps up our MLB talk. We will now move on to our main segment here, which is our NFL recap for this weekend. Yeah. Uh. We can just get into it. So we are going to do like we did last week, just in some quicker fashion, I would say. Um, we're going to be recapping all of the games from uh, last night, no- or not last night, last Sunday. And then on Monday, um, we will not be talking about the Thursday night game, as we already discussed that on Friday. Uh, so we can start it off with our favorite team. Um, everything went wrong on Sunday as... Uh, star running back, or, or at least I hope he's a star, uh, Saquon Barkley went down with a torn ACL, uh, Sterling Shepard got hurt, 
not as notable, but, but still. Uh, but although they were down 17 nothing at halftime, they showed some fight, some heart, and uh, had a chance to win the game with uh, like five seconds left. A, a Daniel Jones pass went out of bounds or, or off the defender out of bounds, and uh, that was that. Uh, no one played particularly well in this game for either side. Uh, who, who would you have as the MVP? I'm not sure. Um... Obviously, the Saquon injury is huge. He is out for the year with an ACL tear. And then Sterling Shepard um, was actually... Turf toe. Uh, yeah, has turf toe and was uh, and is expected to be out for multiple weeks at this point. Um, the Giants also signed Devontae Freeman and other news to a one-year $3 million deal to help, I don't know, I guess, weather the loss of, of I would say, star running back uh, Saquon Barkley. Um... Yeah, it was a rough game. I think you have to applaud the Giants for um, for for fighting and coming back from the seventeen nothing lead. That being said, they were down seventeen nothing, so is there really that, that much credit to give out? Um, so I don't know. The defense stepped up, shut out the Bears in uh, in the second half. Um, the offense struggled. Uh, Jones struggled. Um, at least slightly once again, so, I don't know, it was not a good game, um, so I, yeah, either I, way, but. just to talk about my MVP, I thought through halftime, I was definitely going to give it to Mitch Trubisky, he had a clean game at that point, no interceptions, uh, touchdown pass, he was, he was, or two touchdown passes, actually, because the first Montgomery touchdown was a pass, I forgot about that, uh, and then everything started to go poorly. He threw two interceptions, uh, had some gross throws, uh, almost gave the Giants an even better chance on fourth down, a, a tipped pass that was not necessarily the smartest decision. Uh, but Bobby Massey, offensive lineman for the Bears, saved the day and got the first down. That was one of the... Uh, I, I'm not even sure. It like So the offensive lineman can catch it if it tips off the player. didn't even really look like it tipped off of him. But it's fine. They lost anyway. Uh, player of the game, though, I think I'm just going to give it to David Montgomery. He had a solid game. Uh, yeah, he had a solid game. But he didn't have a good game, but he had a solid game. So I'll give it to Montgomery. Yeah, I think I will, too. 82 rushing yards, uh, 45 receiving yards, and obviously that big touchdown where the whole Giants defense forgot how to tackle. Right. Um, but, yeah, so nothing talking about our terrible Giants. We can move on now to uh, the next game. Falcons-Cowboys. Uh, this was... I, I, I can't definitely confirm it, but I would be shocked to see any game surpass this as the game of the year. This was an incredible game. Although uh, we didn't want the Cowboys to win, it, it was good, I guess, for my fantasy team because Dak just continued to play and, and continued to get points out of CeeDee Lamb. But, but anyway, uh, Falcons had a big lead early. Uh, the Cowboys fumbled four times in the first quarter, losing three of them. Uh, it was not looking good for the Cowboys, but I guess just everything started to click, I would say, by going into the last five minutes. My MVP of the game was Matt Ryan, but... Uh, then they just started to come back. Uh, interesting play of the game. 
onside kick. Cowboys recovered it, as you may know. But uh, I'd just like to point out, I guess the Falcons may have thought it was a rule that just because the Cowboys couldn't touch it before it reached 10 yards, they couldn't either. Because they had an easy recovery, and they were just standing there. Uh, yeah, I mean, four Falcons guys on the hand team just decided to gather up in a circle and watch the Cowboys recover the ball. It was a disaster. I don't know what else to say. Uh, it was a watermelon kick, I think it's what it's called. The little spinny thing um, that the that Greg the Leg did uh, where he places the ball without, um, without any tee for it. Uh, the most ridiculous part of it, though, the Falcons called timeout right before. Uh, you see the ball without a tee. What else do you really expect? I mean, um, my I really question the coaching here of, uh, of the, the Falcons coaching staff. What are you calling that timeout for? You have to tell your team that, listen, it's going to be a slow-moving ball. It's going to have a lot of spin on it. And you have to know that you can touch the ball before it goes past 10 yards. Uh, ridiculous. I don't know what the Falcons are doing. They continue to blow uh, big leads. They did in the Super Bowl, infamously, a couple of years ago. Uh, what a disaster of a play. I mean, this just more than anything, I guess. Although Dan Quinn was, like, practically fired uh, eight weeks into last season, he resurrected his career or his his job by winning, like, seven of the last nine or something. Uh and then this game is just not going to help his his reputation. Although you can't fully blame the collapse on him, you could blame it on the the coordinators or the awful defense. But uh, or the four guys who stood around the ball and watched the Cowboys yes, cover that too. But I mean, it shouldn't have been that the Cowboys shouldn't have had an opportunity right, that's true. to to recover the onside kick and win the game. They should not have been only down two with, with four minutes left, or not four minutes left, with two minutes left, however much time it was. Uh, but anyway, after all that rambling, player of the game, I think it goes without saying, uh, it was one of the quarterbacks, the Cowboys won, so it goes to Dak. Yeah, 450 yards uh, in the air, a touchdown, um, and then and then three rushing touchdowns, um, 18 yards on the ground. Um, Dak played pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I would give the MVP to Dak as well, um, as we can move on now to our next game. Uh, yeah, the next game we will be talking about is the Packers versus Lions. I don't have much to say about this game. Uh, it, it was a blowout from the start, basically. Actually, the Lions did hold a 7-3 lead, I'm pretty sure. Uh, at some point, that was it. Uh, player of the game, I don't know. I no, just, I, the Lions were up. 14-3 after the first quarter. quarter. Yeah, um, so, player of the game, I guess you could give it to Aaron Rodgers, but that would be sort of boring. Fantasy-wise, it was clear, and and I guess I'd give it to him anyway. Aaron Jones, what an incredible game. Uh, if you have him on your fantasy team, well, lucky you, because he had 45 points. Uh, that, that was interesting, but... He was great anyway. If you look at his stats, he had 168 yards on the ground, two touchdowns on only 18 carries, and then receiving the ball, he had four receptions for 68 yards and a 30-yard touchdown. Um, it, it, it was nice. Or not a 30-yard touchdown. Uh, one 30-yard incredible like dive and catch that he made. Uh, he had a short like screen pass receiving touchdown earlier in the game. It was uh, to get the Packers on the, the touchdown board. Uh, 
I think player of the game either goes to Jones or Rodgers. I went Jones. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm going to go Jones here, too, just so that I'm not giving it to the um, to the quarterback of the winning team every time. But, no, I think in reality it does have to go to Jones. Um, he, you know, had three touchdowns, um, led the team in receiving yards, actually, as well as reception. So that just goes to show you how dominant he was running back, leading uh, the team in receptions, Devontae Adams did have, got injured-ish, was um, off and on the the field throughout the game. Um, he is now questionable for, for week three with a hamstring injury, but yeah, that uh, wraps up our talk about the Lions and the Packers. Yeah, Colts-Vikings, one of, or, or maybe after Giants-Bears, one of the least, uh, one of the more disgusting games of the week. I don't say I wouldn't say that either teams played good. Uh, they both played sort of good defense. Um, I, I don't really know who deserves it here. I I think I'm going to go uh, a simple route. I don't think Philip Rivers deserves it. He had a a bit of a disgusting game, but uh, I think you could give it to someone on the Colts defense. They got three interceptions. Uh, I decided not to. A uh, guy who really broke out after having a somewhat disappointing first game, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I think mine would probably end up going to Taylor as well. Um, Go Badgers. Yeah, uh, so I Taylor uh, rushed for 101 yards on the ground and a tutty. Um, however, he had 26 carries um, and... And had two receptions for nine yards. Uh, yeah. Not much to say except for the Vikings uh, are, are not looking good so far. Kirk Cousins has had a miserable first two games. Uh, Dalvin has not looked as good as last season. Uh, uh, the defense hasn't looked great either. Uh, Bills-Dolphins is the next game. MVP clear. Not much to say. Uh Long, uh, not that long, probably like in 30 minutes to an hour. Lightning delay in the beginning of the third quarter. Uh, came back to play. The Dolphins actually took the lead. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a nice game. Mike Gusecki had a nice game. Uh, but they didn't win. Uh, I think it comes down to one of the two guys, Stephon Diggs. Uh, great game, but I think in the long run you have to give it to the guy who threw for 400 plus yards, four touchdowns, and, and didn't throw any interceptions. Uh, Josh Allen, incredible game. Yeah, Josh Allen, let's move on. 415 yards uh, and four touchdowns in the air. Uh, I think we can move on now. I don't. I think Josh Allen frankly dominated this game um, and I don't really see any more reason to continue to discuss it, so we can move on now to our next game. Um, now, this is an interesting game, and, and with a definitely, definitely, definitely not not clear MVP, uh, 49ers-Jets. The 49ers dominated this game from start to finish, except they lost like their whole team in the first half. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo out for some time. Uh, Raheem Mostert out for some time. Nick Bosa. Yeah. Uh, torn ACL done for the year, your defensive player of the year pick. Uh, I, I, I know those weren't noises. Uh, I don't know who to give it to. I I think in the long run, I'll give it to a guy who no one, he was, he was good a few years ago, and no one saw this breakout. I was going to give it to Mostert originally, because he still managed to rack up 92 yards on only eight carries, and the touchdown, uh, 80 of those yards being an 80-yard touchdown dash on the first drive of the game. 
But I, I think in the long run, uh, I'll give it to a guy who, who really, if you somehow had him on your fantasy team, really helped you. Uh, Jordan Reed, uh, good player with the Redskins. He got 30 concussions, I'm not even sure. I, I wasn't even sure he was uh, alive anymore. Uh, to be honest, uh, he kind of disappeared off the face of the earth a few seasons ago. But Jordan Reed resurrected himself, clearly. Uh, seven receptions, 50 yards, and two touchdowns. He balled out. Uh, plus, no interceptions or anything on defense for the Niners. Uh, Garoppolo didn't play a full game. Nick Mullins, when he came in, looked terrible. Uh, and and Jericho McKinnon, I guess, had a nice game. But I, I guess I'll give it to Jordan Reed. First tight end MVP we've gotten yet. Yeah, I'm going to give the MVP here to uh, the MetLife Turf. No, just kidding. Uh, they are saying now that the MetLife Turf is the reason that the that all the 49ers got these injuries. The NFL is going to conduct, maybe it's not, but the first ever uh, formal investigation of a turf. How do you investigate a, a turf? You sit them down in a, in, a, in a room and shine a light on them and... I mean, maybe, the turf if, maybe if, Saquon got slightly hurt on that MetLife turf and then he re-aggravated it well, on, um, on, on Sunday. You never ridiculous. know. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, no, maybe it does actually have something to do with it because, I don't know, maybe the turf does have something to do with it. I don't know. But, a lot of people have gotten hurt on that MetLife turf. A lot of high-quality names. Uh, Odell, a few seasons ago, uh, everyone on the Niners, clearly, uh, <laughs> A bunch of other, not, I can't cite them any more examples, but, but those are some high-quality guys. Uh, so we can move on to the next game. After. By the way, my actual MVP is Jeremy McKinnick. Uh, continue. Oh, I forgot about uh, that. Uh, so we can move on. Rams, Eagles, beautiful game. Uh, Eagles suck. They're so trash. Uh, the Rams just they they dominate on every aspect of this game. Uh, I think the MVP either goes to two guys, uh, Jared Goff or Tyler Higby. Higby caught a surprising three touchdown passes, but I'd give it to Goff because he was throwing those touchdown passes. Uh, really dominated the Eagles on the bootleg. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give the uh, MVP of the game to Goff as well. You could give it to. Um, Higby, who, th- who caught uh, three touchdowns on only uh, five receptions. But I'm going to give it to Goff, who uh, went uh, 20 of 27 passing, threw for 267 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and we can move on here to our next game. Uh, yeah, maybe rather than talking about the MetLife turf, we should talk about uh, the Heinz Field turf, uh, if that leads us into the next game. That's now two quarterbacks. In two years, two two notable quarterbacks that got hurt in Heinz Field in week two, uh, and then well, one missed the rest of the season. That being Big Ben, and then maybe Drew Locke will miss a significant time. Uh, the Steelers they almost choked to to Jeff Driscoll. That's not saying something positive. That is a bit negative that they almost lost this game. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger did not look good. Definitely not as good as he did against the Giants. Well, this is a better defense, but but still, uh, for the MVP of the game, I guess you could give it to James Conner. Um, 
probably could give it to James Conner, but I'll go a different route. Our first defensive player, I'm going to give it to T.J. Watt. Although he did nothing stand out, he, he was just a beast. He had two sacks, which I guess is pretty good. So, uh, T.J. Watt gets this one here. I was going to give it to, or I he got, not robbed, but he got potentially robbed in my Bud Dupree Award last week. Uh, I'll give it to him this week. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give it to uh, James Conner here, uh, rushing for 106 yards, uh, had a touchdown, um, and uh, had two receptions for 15 yards in the air as well, uh, and we can keep it moving. I mean, that's just, this not that just, but I guess this sort of proves that even if the offense doesn't perform at even, like, a hundred per or definitely not a hundred percent, but I, I don't know how you'd rate it out of a hundred, but but whatever, not not great. The defense can really help them win games, so that's that's a positive for the Steelers. Uh, we can move on to the next game here. This game was was one of the worst games I would say of the opening. It just wasn't that close. Uh, Buccaneers Panthers. Dude, I have no clue who to give it to. Christian McCaffrey also went down. Wow, everyone really got hurt this week, as as you probably knew. Uh, there, there's not a clear winner. Tom Brady did not look good. Uh, I wouldn't say anyone would disagree with me. Uh, Ronald Jones scored a touchdown, but I think in the long run it comes down to two guys. Uh, I guess you could give it to Mike Evans. I don't really see it. I think Leonard Fournette, 103 yards, two touchdowns. I really thought with the sudden emergence, I guess, of, of Ronald Jones. Uh, not that Leonard Fournette was going to be terrible, but he didn't look like he was going to be featured in the offense as much as uh, he was in Jacksonville, but he, he was featured a lot uh, on on uh, Sunday, scoring two touchdowns. He looked good. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Fournette as well. I think the reason he wasn't included um, in the passing game, or not in the passing game, as much in the game as we, as some people would have liked to see uh, the first week was basically because uh, when you have new guys come onto the offense, you usually give them a week, and then uh, their second week, if it's going to work, is usually the week that they uh, show out. Uh, just like how I think uh, that Devontae Freeman won't do much this week, but uh, we'll, they won't use him that much this week. Uh, and then he'll, you know, if he's going to be useful, become useful uh, down the stretch uh, the next few games. Anyway, my MVP goes to Fournette, as I said, uh, and we will just keep moving on to the next game. Titans-Jags. Both quarterbacks played good. Gardner Minshew played solid. Ryan Tannehill played I'd probably call it great. Derrick Henry was not that good. Uh, not a huge factor. Didn't score any touchdowns. And then I think for this, it comes down to, like Goff or Higby, uh, tight end QB duo of Tannehill and Johnny Smith. Uh, I give it to Tannehill just because it, it makes sense, I guess, because he was throwing the touchdowns through four touchdowns, zero interceptions, 18 of 24. Uh, you agree with Tannehill, I figure. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Tannehill as well. Um, great stat line, um, and we will move on to our next game. Um, yeah, so the uh, we're moving on to the 424. I guess this game was 405, I'm pretty sure. Uh, slot, uh, Cardinals versus the Washington football team. The, the football team uh, did not look as promising this week, but, I mean, there's still potential, especially in this trash division uh cardinals they looked i mean they beat a not good team but they still looked nice uh kyler murray 
continues to emerge as a one just an MVP candidate I'd say for this season but a future star um I think it's interesting that that Kyler Murray I guess it is this good I, I think he's similar to Lamar just shorter um a decent thrower great runner um and really needs to break out for this team to have success. Uh, I guess a lot of people would say now that the Cardinals are, are like not playoff or playoff, definitely playoff contenders, but maybe even like Super Bowl contenders if they continue this. Uh, it's a, a bit premature, but but I think Kyler's the clear MVP of this game. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give uh, the MVP to Kyler this week as well. Um, I think he, he had a great game. He um, he. Through for um two hundred and eighty six yards, uh, a passing touchdown and an interception, as well as sixty seven yards on the ground and two touchdowns on the ground as well. Um, and now we can move on to our four twenty five games. Uh, we can start. We'll we'll go uh, Ravens Texans first, and then go to the game that went into overtime. Um, the Ravens and the Texans. The Ravens won uh, 33-16. Domination. I don't know why I said it like that, but it was domination. Uh, Lamar, I'll give it to him, player of the game. They just dominated the Texans in, in every aspect. Uh, Lamar had a great game. Um, basically, everyone in the defense locked down. Uh, Marlon Humphrey recovered a fumble and, um, or forced a fumble, and uh, Marcus Peters got an interception. Lamar. Yeah, Lamar for me as well. It was a total domination by the Ravens this week, um, and I'm going to give it to Lamar as well. And now we can move on to our uh, next game, which was one of the better games of the week, uh, Chiefs and Chargers, a game that went into overtime. Uh, yeah, uh, the Chargers really, game time, Like we didn't even know it when the game started. It took the Chargers going on offense to people, I guess, to figure it out. Uh he had Tyra Taylor, or, or as Scott Hansen called him, Tyrod Taylor. I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, I still think it's Tyrod. I'm not calling him Tyrod. Um, sorry, Scott. Uh, but Herbert played, and Herbert, although he kind of didn't really help too much at the end when they started choking, I'm I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But he looked great. Uh, I don't think that it, it really affects how he is going to be long term. One good game, but. He still looked good, uh, maybe even great. I, it's close. Uh, I think he would have easily been the player of the game, especially for his overachieving performance had they not blown it. Uh, player of the game, I guess who who maybe you could give it to Harrison Butker. He had two 58-yard field goals. Um, and a 53-yarder as well. Um, my MVP of the game go, goes to uh, the Chargers team doctor. As now the reports are coming out that uh, he punctured uh, Tyrod Taylor's lungs um, in preparate or a, a trying to uh, trying to give him a pain killing shot. Um, that was an interesting one. First one mm-hmm. I've seen a punctured lung injury for Tyrod Taylor. Uh, no, nonetheless, I think I'm gonna give it to Buck. Buck. Harrison Butker uh, hit two uh, 58 yard field goals. Um and a fifty-three yarder that didn't actually count. 
Or, no, he hit the 53-yarder that counted and then hit one before the false start penalty, and then he hit a 58-yarder after the icing timeout, no, and then he, hit the one that actually counted. No, I think he hit two 58-yarders. The 53 never count. He hit one because I remember that right, Elijah yeah, Chiefs that. record. Yeah, okay, sorry. That was confusion. I'm going to give it to Mahomes. Obviously led the comeback. He looked great on their last drive. Uh, one play, I think, highlighted it. I think it was third and 20. Uh, just scrambled out of the pocket, ran for 20-plus yards. Uh, got the first down. The rest was history. Converted on, I think, one fourth down uh, in their own in their own like, uh, or yeah, I think in their own uh, territory. Uh, earlier in the drive, uh, looked good. I guess it was, it was scary. I guess it, it got it got scary. Uh, but we can move on. Sunday night game. I would say, in my opinion, it's the second best game of the week. A real shootout between two of the NFLs. Uh, best quarterbacks so far this season, uh, Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. Uh, the the Patriots almost got a uh, uh, almost led a comeback, or Cam almost led a comeback. Uh, can we just send out a prayer to a prayer to uh, James White? Uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but his dad was killed in a plane crash. I'm pretty sure was it a car crash. Car. Sorry, uh, James White. I, I didn't know the story that well. Car crash, and I think his mom was like left severely injured. Uh, so that prayer. Uh, Patriots, D looked terrible. So did the Seahawks. Russell Wilson is the MVP of this game. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, one could make the argument for the uh, for the Seahawks defensive front for their game-saving stop of Cam Newton, but no, I think it goes he looked to so Ross. Uh, he had a great game thrown for 21 of 28 um, passing attempts uh, and had uh, five touchdowns and 288 yards and caused me to lose a deal in fantasy football. But that doesn't matter. Um, we will now move on to our final game of the week, Monday Night Football. Uh, perhaps the biggest upset of the week, um, the... Death Star is what it is being called, um, was opened up the place where opponents come to die, was the <laughs> statement of the Las Vegas Raiders, as they opened up their new stadium in Vegas um, and played the Saints and, quite frankly, surprised everybody. Uh, the Raiders, I am not... I, don't, I still don't think highly of the Raiders. They beat the Saints. I, I, I said this at some point, maybe it was like six months ago, uh, we were doing this episode. Uh, now that I think about it, it was back on the old uh, G-Men Journal, if you guys listened to that throwback. Uh, uh, I said something along the lines of the Raiders would be motivated and they will beat the Saints in their first home, home game. I really switched back on that once I realized that there wouldn't be fans at the games, uh, or at least limited. So uh, I, I converted back to the Saints, but the Raiders really impressed me. So some guys, candidates... Uh, Probably like the second touchdown of his career. Uh, go Badgers, Alex Ingold, fullback. Yeah. Uh, the the answer to the trivia question was uh, was the call on ESPN um, Monday Night Football. Who scored uh, the first touchdown in the new Raiders Stadium? Uh, will be asked probably in many trivia questions. 30 years down the line, uh, most people would probably guess Josh Jacobs or Derek Carr on the ground or Darren Waller or Henry Ruggs or anybody other than Alec Ingle, who um, oh, probably not many people had heard of before this I mean, game. Wisconsin really, really produces uh, great fullbacks. 
along with their incredible running backs, uh, along with their incredible, incredible, this is not plural, quarterback. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Wisconsin looked good this week. Uh, Russell, Alec Ingold, and Jonathan Taylor all had good games. Melvin even played pretty well. Uh, But with all that rambling, player of the game, Hate, not I hate to say it, but I guess it, it's kind of boring. I think in the long run, it's still Derek Carr. He tossed, I think, four, three touchdown passes. Uh, looked good. Uh, or do you agree with Carr? Yeah, I'll give it to Carr as well. Um, yeah, that's also for this episode, folks. Um, thank you for listening. We will be back Friday, right? Yeah, we will be back Friday with our... NFL and college football predictions, and then next week will probably end up being a three-episode week for you guys with MLB predictions and then our uh, weekly recaps and um, and prediction episodes. Uh, so yeah, that does it. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time.